Put, put, put. All Packers, all the time. He has come light years in the last two months, and people should be over the moon excited about that. Okay, most of the time. Almonds specifically, up. or all nuts? Well, these nuts, those nuts, whatever nuts work. It's Jason Wilde on Jen, Gabe, and Chew. Brought to you by Boucher Automotive. With 16 different new car brands and over 35 pre-owned brands to choose from. Boucher Automotive. We are driven by you. It's a Dude Tuesday. He is our friend. He is our teammate. He is Jason Wildy. Covers all things Green Bay Packers. Of course, catch him on Wildy and Tausch, 9 to noon, here on 94.5 ESPN. Good morning, Jason. Good morning, Gabe. Good morning, Chu. Happy to be on on a Dude Tuesday. (laughs) Um, But I'm a little bit worried about something before we start. Oh, boy. What are you worried about? More than a little bit worried. Okay. I'm worried that I'm turning into Chewy. Oh, why, why would you be right? worried that's, about that? Chewy seems to be living his best life. He is, but as we know, he sustained his more than his fair share of concussions during his time in the National Football League, and it does lead to some memory loss. Is that fair? Yes, fair to totally you, fair. Chew? Yes. Okay, so so I'm either I'm turning into Chewy. Or I had some sort of miniature stroke, which, knock on wood, that's not what happened. So, Gabe's dad, extremely successful electrician, agrees to help me with this electrical issue that we had with some lights in our basement. So, he and Gabe's mom, who are lovely people, 41 years of marriage, 50 years of dating. They started dating when they were sophomores in high school. Uh, we spent a bunch of time together. It was a lovely afternoon. Gabe's dad could not be greater. Like he's like, if you were looking to, if you were going to hold a draft for dads, he would be a first round pick. I don't, I won't put where my dad would have been neither here nor there, but I've been corresponding with him. He's in my phone, Mark Neitzel, mm-hmm. right? Mark Neitzel. So I've been corresponding with him, scheduling it. it finally on Saturday, he comes up, he and his, his wife, Gabe's mom, and I go out to meet them, and I extend my hand and say, Keith! Keith? Like, I have no idea where Keith came from. Keith? None. Like, I know Keith? his name is Mark. I, I don't know if the N-E-I-K-E-I, Keith Knight, like the same three, you know, the, the E-I connectivity. And he looks at me and goes, no, Mark. And I'm like, Oh my God! What happened? <laughs> like I know his name, so I'm a little worried that I'm starting. You know, I, I just had a birthday. I'm still in my early fifties. I'm like Tausch tweeted out, but how does that? Like, how on earth does that happen? Like, could you make a worse impression on someone you've never met by extending your hand and calling them by the wrong name? Now, Jason, I don't want to burst your bubble, but that sounds more. But of you Frank. never do that. That sounds more of Frank than it does me, and I, I would be concerned about that. Man, that's even worse. Yeah, it's totally I mean, worse. Oh, my God, I'm turning into Frank. Jason, we were talking in the first segment about our good old buddy, Coach Holmgren. Did you ever catch his wrath, or do you know people that have caught reporters, I'm talking of specifically, have caught his wrath? So I know 
Tom Silverstein tells a great story uh, from the Journal Sentinel of writing something that Mike didn't like and getting a wake-up call at 6 a.m. when he got the full Mike Holmgren treatment, ranting, raving, yelling, cursing, etc. I was fortunate in that uh, my first three years were 96, 97, 98, and I was not our lead writer. So very rarely did I write anything that would irritate him. Also, uh, that was back in the olden days with you and and Don Hudson. So the Internet was still kind of in its infancy. Mm -hmm. So I'm not sure that as a Madison newspaper, uh, he read my stuff as frequently as he read the Journal or the Sentinel or the Green Bay Press Gazette. Now, that said, my favorite Holmgren story, and he and I have an awesome relationship, like he he, there are times he's kind of like now at that point where uh, if you have a reason to call him and you only need like a couple of an- questions answered, you better book about a half hour because, you know, he's a grandpa, but he's got a little, he doesn't have much else going on. And so it'll be a half hour to 45 minutes. And then you're kind of like, okay, Mike, I got to go. Right. So my favorite story though, is I go out to Seattle in 99. I spend the whole week there leading into Packers Seahawks at Lambeau field on like November 2nd or something like that. And so I'm out there all week. I had gone straight from that. You guys had played San Diego the week before and I stayed out on the West coast. I went straight to Seattle. It gets to Friday and I kept being promised a one-on-one like Tom Silverstein had had, like whoever was out there for the press Gazette. And I still haven't gotten them. And it's the last day it's Friday evening and so I have to go out. He has his own parking spot because, you know, he was the king out there mm-hmm. when they made him the coach and the GM. So I basically staked out his car and waited for him to leave for the night at like 7 o'clock. That was back when, you know, he used to work really hard, too. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I st- staked out his car, and I, like, jumped out of the bushes, essentially. And I said, look, Mike, I, I know you talked to everybody else during the week, but I haven't gotten a chance to talk to you. Can I just get a couple minutes? I, you know, I've been out here all week. And again, leans against his uh, BMW and stands and talks to me for a half hour. And so uh, I always had nothing but great rapport with him. But again, I was not at the point in my career where I had a likelihood of writing something to piss him off. So early in your career, Jason, in that in that time window, were you in Madison? Were you living in Green Bay? Where were you living? So uh, I actually did this all the way up until late 2006, uh, early 2007, when Paula and I bought a house together, um, I had an apartment in Madison and the state journal had an apartment in green Bay. And so instead of paying, you know, a hundred bucks a night or whatever it would have been for a hotel three nights a week, we just had, I just had an apartment that the state journal paid for up here in green Bay. And I would spend, you know, four nights a week here, um, if not more. So in the during the season, I was hardly in Madison, which was great when you're single uh, and uh, you don't have any responsibilities, but it also makes it a little bit harder to meet someone. But then, you know, obviously in 2007, I started living here full time and uh, cutting out Madison as a... Now I just go there to get my hair cut and go to an occasional meeting at ESPN Madison. So after a game uh, in 1997... Were you happy? Did you happen to be in an apart in the apartment in Green Bay and catch a television show on CBS Five up there, where Chewy and Brett may have gotten themselves into a little bit of trouble? So is I this ringing this a bell? Story, uh, 
Yeah, I, I do know this story. I was not watching that episode live. Now, I, <laughs> I do know that this is uh, – congratulations to you guys, by the way, because you guys were – I don't want to say trailblazers because you know Horning and McGee, if there had been yeah. any sort of TV show back then, they would have been way worse than you two knuckleheads. But this this was the start of kind of a trend. Like, first of all, everybody had a radio show or a TV show, right? Mm-hmm. In fact, Tausch used to do – a show called Monday Night Kickoff. We did it at a bar restaurant, and I did a segment on that show. But Tausch was the co-host with uh, with Chris Ross. Before that, I think William Henderson did the show. Like everybody had a. It seemed like like Doug Peterson was the backup quarterback, and he had a radio show based out of Kimberly every week that they did at a bar there. So it was that's what everybody was doing it right. And one of my favorites was Mike Flanagan who was on a, a few of Chewy's teams. He hadn't become a starter yet. He was backing up Frank. But he became, obviously, a pretty uh, well, you, well-liked, well effective media personality. And he used to do something with Fox 6 in Milwaukee and, and was on the night, after game, the night of games. And I do believe he, he would have been in Holmgren's role on this show, not in a supportive role like Chewy and Favre. Uh, but he was the host, or he and Tim Van Warren were together, and he had had a few too many beverages. <laughs> and I believe that that was uh, the end of his uh, appearing uh, on the evening of games when they've had a few sodas. It happens. Uh, it Jace, does. I don't J- fault you. No, Jason, there's uh, a plethora of running backs that are going to hit the market. I'm going to read you some of the names. You tell me if this player fits Green Bay and if they could possibly afford him. All right, Josh Jacobs, mm. Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, uh, Derek Henry, Austin Eckler, DeAndre Swift, uh, Zach Moss, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I mean, the one I well, like, but he's probably too expensive, is Eckler. You got yeah, anyone? Don't they already have Eckler? Don't they have Eckler already? His name is Aaron Jones. They do, but um, I, I, I'm I'm in the camp of Aaron Jones playing nine games in the regular season after what we saw that's this last true. year. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Look, here's the deal. So I, again, uh, because you and I are old and and we either covered or played in a different era, um, I still think there's value valuable there's value in running backs, especially guys that can uh, tote the mail for 25 carries, which, let's be honest, I really like Aaron Jones. Uh, everyone clamors for him to get the ball more. But if he carried the ball 25 times a game for 17 games, um, he would need CPR by the end of the season, or he'd be missing a leg. I mean, he. J- mm-hmm. I, I know, I agree. I wish he got the ball more, but I do think that there is something to being a small-ish back. And I'm not, I mean, dude's ripped. I'm not saying he's not strong, but... And he is very good at finding ways to avoid direct hits, which I think is a skill that some running backs have and some don't. But I've never bought into the, well, we just need to feed him because I, we saw even without being fed um, that he, 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 he takes a lot of punishment. And so I, I would love to see them add one of those guys, but I'm at the other end of the spectrum. Like I'd rather have a, a Josh Jacobs, a uh, Saquon Barkley, I think this is going to be a fascinating free agency period. 
I because all these guys got tagged last year because nobody wanted to pay them long term money, and now none of them got tagged, and they're all hitting the market, and it's a a just a total uh, flood of of running backs. You know, the one guy that has that that Lafleur has history with is Derrick Henry. Again, what is he worth? I have no like, idea. What is what is I I I don't either. Like that, it's a really good question. I and I'm not saying that because I don't have an answer. It's because it is a really good question, but I don't have an answer, and <laughs> I don't think any of these guys do. Like, all right, so the the combine is underway. All the agents are there. I'm guessing that this week, and Goody's going to talk here to the local to the Wisconsin media uh, at 7:45 our time, and then he's going to be at the podium. Uh, at the Indiana Convention Center at 9 our time. Um, I don't know if he'll get a question about what his thought process is at running back, but if he wants to keep costs down, he's going to extend Aaron Jones so he can get the $17 million he's scheduled to get this year, but they can spread it out over multiple years because he's in last year of that deal. So they extend him. I don't know what A.J. Dillon's market is. If we don't know what these guys who are much more accomplished than Dillon what their market is, then I really don't know what AJ's is. But maybe he comes back on a one-year cheap prove a deal, uh, like the year that they brought back uh, Robert Tunyon after he'd had the ACL. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you then you're not interested in any of these guys. But the bottom line is is that Matt Lafleur does need an effective running game, and if he wants his quarterback to continue his upward rise, Jordan Love is good. I, I'm not saying he's not. But he is a hell of a lot better, as is any quarterback, when his offensive line is healthy and protecting him and when he's got a running game so he can play the play-action game more effectively. And so let's not, just because running backs have been devalued, let's not poo-poo how important they are to Jordan Love having another really good season. Yeah, but that's going to be the fascinating thing because there's so many backs now on that market Mm -hmm. that they have been devalued, Jason, Yet they still have a value in the game, but teams aren't willing to pay, mm-hmm. even though they got extra money in the salary cap this year. It's going up thirty percent. It's just that is going to be something I think over the next month or so to kind of keep an eye on because we all saw what happened to Dalvin Cook. He thought he was going to get some big time deal, yeah. ended up bouncing around to a couple of different teams on a one year deal last year. So it, it's going to be fascinating to see how that plays out um, across the league. We certainly appreciate the time, Jason. We'll talk to you again on Thursday. All right, fellas, take care. Be good. All right, thanks, Keith. See you, Frank. <laughs> well, played. well played you've probably heard about employee stock ownership plans before but what separates fifth third bank from others when it comes to these plans a succession plan that benefits business owners and employees from full and partial sales second stage transactions repurchase obligation financing and seller note refinancing ESOPs can offer tax advantages, increased liquidity, employee incentives, and overall diversification of net worth to help your company plan for the future. Fifth Third Bank, National Association, Custom Solutions, built around your goals. Member FDIC.